Okay, it's Friday, the 1st of December, 2023. And in the last episode, I talked about getting back into Wazard, building some momentum back into it, and some goals for this week. So I made my calendar, and I kind of talked about it in the last episode already. Uh, I'm This week, I wanted to get a paper prototype finished for the new spell system. Uh, do a new git branch and delete some of the old code. So I did do the paper prototype. I did create a new git branch. Um, deciding, I went to go delete some of the code yesterday and deciding what code to delete and what parts to keep um, feels like it needs to be more organic. So as I add stuff from the other prototype that I made, I can delete some of the code that that new code replaces. Uh, essentially creating adjacent features. And this is something that Matt Hackett actually talks about in his book, uh, How to Make a Video Game All by Yourself. So now we're, <laughs> we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, pitch Matt's book in this podcast episode as well. Um, he talks about building uh, adjacent features in your game. So if you want to try a new feature or add new code, you build that um, inside of your existing code base, and then you can uh, implement it into your game, see if it works. And then if it does, you can delete the old code. But if it doesn't, then uh, the old code is still in the project, so it's pretty easy to switch back. And so that's going to be the approach over the next three weeks is implementing new features with kind of adjacent to the existing features in the game. And then if they're working, then I'll delete the old code. Uh, the first thing I realized I wanted to implement into the game is the new stat system. So I prototyped a new stat system inside of a separate project in the secondary spells project. And I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. And in my paper prototyping, uh, the new stat system seems to work as well. So I'm going to be grabbing that code, bringing it over into the project today and uh, reworking the player's stats. Uh, it might be a pretty significant rewrite I suspect that it could take me most of today to do it. Um, we'll see. The paper prototyping that I did yesterday, and I guess some last night too, I was, I was writing some stuff out in my notebook before bed, is interesting because the new abstracting out, having the different magic colors and then abstracting out the stats are both really good ideas. Um, but the next kind of question that I'm trying to answer, I guess, is whether I should abstract the stats for the spells as well. So let's say I have a spell that um, you, you, you look at the spell, it's called, I don't know what the spell is called, Leaf Blade. That's a Pokemon move, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but we'll call it Leaf Blade. Um, you've got this spell, and it shoots these leaves out. Um, and I want the spell's fire rate to 
be dependent on, say, your yellow magic level, okay? Or maybe your yellow and blue magic level combined, uh, which could be interesting because that's the color green, so then it fits thematically with the spell. How do I show that to the player? Um, do I show them essentially the exact formula? Like, I mean, that doesn't really make sense. The formula for that would be, would be a very weird formula. Um, it would be an inverse exponential formula where it would exponentially approach a low number. Uh, where it would start out quickly approaching that number and then over time get slower and slower. Um, at least that's the that's the function I'd probably use for that because it's time-based, right? It's how frequently the spell is firing. Uh, we don't want that to ever get too low or else it gets broken. So we have to have it approach some number, um, kind of a minimum that it can get to. And then, of course, later... Anyways, I'm getting too far into that. Basically, I can't really show the exact number to the user, but I like the idea of having the spell's fire rate be tied to a certain magic type. And so then what I was prototyping last night is, well, what if I just have like three generic kind of values that spells use? Like I have fast, medium, and slow, right? And so the fire rate would be, uh, say, the fire rate is slow, but it's dependent on green magic, uh, your green magic level. So then they can see that it's kind of a slower spell, so they know intuitively that it's not going to be really fast, um, but, but that it's also going to get faster with your green, with your yellow magic level and blue magic level, right? Um, that's kind of my idea. It feels like it's something that I have to actually get in the game. Uh, the worst case scenario is that I do get closer to showing the actual values. Uh, so like if this doesn't work, the, the rest of the spell system seems to work from my prototype. So if this approach doesn't work in testing, then I can um, get more specific with the spell numbers, with the, with the actual stats, and kind of show the value to the player. I could even show them exactly what the fire rate is, but then just say that it gets faster with your magic level and then not really show them how much faster. I don't know. Displaying this information, deciding exactly how it's going to work is still a bit up in the air. It has to be tested. It feels like I have to get it into the game though uh, in order to test it. And I have to I have to have some of the confidence to implement it, even though it might take slightly longer, I think, at this point. Um, I need to understand that maybe I'll spend a couple weeks implementing this and end up having to throw it away, and that's okay. Uh, I'm still in pre-production. You know, paper prototyping seemed to work. That seemed like the, the approach to testing this as quickly as possible, and my initial results from that were that it's good, that it's working. So I have to trust that and move into actually implementing it in the game. But I, th I think you can tell from the way that I'm talking about it that I'm still a little bit like not sure and, and a little scared to 
put in the effort because I can't, I can't know that it's going to work. I kind of have to have that, I guess, faith or trust in the idea at this point and that I have tried to test this. I guess maybe the nagging in the back of my mind is that there, there's, I could do more testing still. Um, that I could, there's a way I could test this idea better to make sure that it's working and that I don't feel like I've done my due diligence in like maybe paper prototyping. Maybe, maybe I need to make a paper prototype that I could have somebody else try and see how they respond to it instead of just me. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like there is a little bit of a nagging in the back of my head that I need to test this more before actually implementing it. So <laughs> I don't know what to do about that. Uh, but I am going to implement the new stat system because that is guaranteed working. So I'm going to be starting on that today. We'll see how that goes. I'll be doing some podcast episodes next week as well to keep you all in the loop. Um, I made my nice little chart. I need to hang it on, my on the wall uh, in my room so that I can see it see my progress. I have um, these big squares for each week, like week one, week two, week three, week four. And then I have these little squares inside of those. And I, I, get, to, I get to color in the little squares for each smaller task that's broken down. And then uh, when the week is complete, I get to color in the big square if I did all the stuff that I was supposed to do that week. So... We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I am. I did. I am feeling the momentum start to build back up. Um, I recently started listening to The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin again, the audiobook. Uh, it's a book that I finished already a couple times. And it's a book that I really like. Uh, it's kind of a bit different, but but I still like it a lot. It's very. I guess kind of esoteric and um, philosophical, I guess, is how I would describe it. Uh, and so then it can be a bit different, I think, for some people coming into it, but I enjoy it. And one of the things that it talks about in the book is the stress recovery cycle. And I've, my brain has kind of latched onto that idea that stress recovery relationship. Uh, my book, um, Production Point, actually was born from the idea of the explore-exploit trade-off, which is a common, uh, uh, pretty well-understood trade-off at this point and topic that um, has, has a lot of material written about it. I stumbled onto it in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. He mentions explore, exploit kind of offhandedly in the book. And for some reason, I latched onto the idea and uh, kind of obsessed over it for a few years, <laughs> actually. And that's kind of, that's where my book came from. The initial idea came from. And I feel like this stress recovery dynamic is is it's not quite as offhand 
in the art of learning. He brings it up and it's kind of an important part of the book. Um, and he mentions that it's a core part of his, his approach to learning new things. And I just, I agree with that. And I also think that it goes very, it goes deeper than that. You know, it's, it's, uh, such an important part of life. And, and I feel like a lot of people kind of live in this mushy in between where they're never really stretching themselves and they're also never really recovering from that stretch, right? They're living in this um, middle ground. I experience this myself a lot of the time where I, where I don't feel like I really get good recovery or good rest. And it's also partially because I'm not stretching myself enough. And there's a balance between those two things and trying to find that balance is something that I think we're all working on. Um, we're all kind of trying to move towards. So I guess my question is, what is that balance in game development? Where does that balance fall in game development? Um, we all know the big AAA, AAA companies that are uh, cr have too much crunch time. They're pushing their employees too hard. We, we all understand the concept of burnout. Um, you know, and that's too far on the, that's too far on the stretch or stress side of things. But, but, you know, we can also fall into the complacency uh, side of the spectrum where we're not, where we're not, we're not stretching ourselves enough and then never, never actually recovering from it. So I guess it's an unanswered question for me. What does that look like? What does it look like for me in my game development? How would I apply it to something like Wazard? Even just, you know, in the last episode, I talked about how um, I need to build momentum back into this project and give myself, uh, be patient with myself as I'm getting back into it. And, um, and I, I agree with that. I think that's correct. Uh, but then on a micro scale, like each day, am I stretching myself with the project? and then recovering? Like, am I pushing myself enough to stretch myself a little bit? Um, and, and what does that look like uh, over the next four weeks? Um, what is it going to look like after that? Because the stress recovery dynamic is fractal, right? There should be each moment in the day um, should have moments of stress, stress and then recovery. Each day should have it, you know, each, each, each workout, each hour, I guess. Uh, then your, your month should have it, your years should have it, your whole life should have it, you know. I guess that's retirement, right, your recovery. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it's fractal. It branches out. And how is that applied to game dev? I don't know. New book, incoming, 2026. I don't know. How to balance your work recovery as a solo game developer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll see how much I obsess over this. Um, but I, I'm starting to get a sense for when I fixate on a topic and when, when my brain goes, oh, I think that's important. And at least it's important to me. Um, maybe it'll be important to other people as well. And I need to learn more about it, you know? So that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm going 
next from here. And we'll see how that works out for the next four weeks too. I think my initial instinct is to try something like, um, you know, the Pomodoro technique where you have like a 20 minutes of focused work and then a 10 minute break for rest. Like clearly this is an established idea, right? I'm not, I'm not discovering something new. I guess I'm just paying attention to something that maybe I needed to pay more attention to. I wasn't paying close enough attention to this. I didn't understand it well enough. Um, and so, but yeah, my, my instinct is that over the next four weeks, I should try something like the Pomodoro technique. Um, maybe not to that extreme, but like stretch myself a little bit. Like let's take the next 30 minutes and really push myself with Wazard, but I only have to do it for 30 minutes. Like it's only 30 minutes, but I'm going to really push myself during those 30 minutes. And then I'm going to have a recovery period where I allow myself to rest, maybe not even think about it. I'll go do pickleball drills. I'll go do whatever I want, you know. Um, I'll go jog on the treadmill. I'll go take a walk. Like, take a walk. Wow. You know, I was doing that a lot beforehand. And now that it's cold here uh, where I live in rural Utah, it's freezing now. Um, I'm not taking walks. Maybe I need to replace my walk with something else where I can have that recovery time over the next four weeks and not, not burn out because it can be really easy to burn out. Anyway, that's going to be it for this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you all in the next one.